Welcome to Advancing Word with Dr. T.D. Stubblefield. In chapter 55 of Isaiah, verse 11, God tells the prophet, So will my word be which goes out of my mouth. It will not return to me void without accomplishing what I desire and without succeeding in the matter for which I sent it. Standing on this promise, T.D. Stubblefield Ministries is committed to sharing biblical principles with individuals, families, churches, communities, and our world, believing that only the Word of God can advance us in God's perfect plan for our lives, where we can experience liberating faith, lasting hope, and unconditional love in a relationship with the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Here is Dr. T.D. Stubblefield with today's Advancing Word. There's a word for us this morning in the book of Jude, verse 3 of Jude. This is a familiar passage in the epistle of Jude. It's one of the Catholic letters. And when I say Catholic, I'm not talking about a denomination. I'm talking about Catholic in terms of a letter addressed to the entire church. And by extension, an application addressed to us. Jude 3, let's read it together. Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. Amen. I want to preach this morning from this passage, and the subject is the biography of a contender. The biography of a contender. This very short book of the Bible consists of 25 verses. But don't let the brevity of the book confuse you or delude you. Because this is perhaps one of the most intense books in terms of the content in all of the word of God. For it addresses appalling apostasy and the sprawling sublimation of the truth in the life of the early church. The writer here is one of the Lord's brothers, Jude. He is addressing a dangerous desertion and dereliction of faith in the body of Christ. And so the primary focus of the book is contending for the faith, wrestling for the faith, combating for the faith, fighting for the faith. In fact, the word translated contending or contend in our King James Version, our translation, is the word in the Greek from which we get our word in the English, agony. This is not a cute word. It's not a passive word. It's not a playful word. It's agonize for the truth. In fact, this same word is used in the context of Jesus is praying in the garden and one of the gospels say that he prayed or he agonized so that sweat ran down like great drops of blood. 
And so it's dealing with wrestling, being in diligence and defense for the great truths of our faith. The first 16 verses of this book addresses the issue of why do we need to contend? Why do we need to do it? And then the last nine verses addresses the issue of how we contend. Every child of God is a soldier. Everybody here, if you're a child of the king, we are soldiers in the Lord's army. And, and this verse is a call to arms. It's a call to arms for all of the Christian soldiers in the church today. I do need to inform you that it is timely and it is urgent for us to look at a passage like this today considering what's happening on the contemporary church landscape. For at too many points in the church's life, we find ourselves riddled and rattled with pretense. In that great chapter 10 of the Gospel of John, Jesus distinguishes between pretense or pretending and contending in the life of the shepherd when he says the hireling will run away when the wolf shows up. But the true shepherd will lay his life down for the sheep. Paul had a similar concern when he wrote in Timothy, in the second letter to Timothy, he says the day will come and he was speaking of the latter days. He said when men and women will have a form of godliness, they have a form of godliness, but they'll deny, they'll deny the power there are. And I say to you today as we look at this biography of a contender that it is time for the real church to stand up. Isaac Watts, great English hymnist, wrote a great hymn based on a sermon he preached, and it's called, Am I a Soldier of the Cross? And I love these words. It's in our hymnal. Am I a soldier of the cross, a follower of the Lamb, and shall I fear to own his cause or blush to speak his name? Must I be carried to the skies on flowery beds of ease while others fought to win the prize and sail through bloody seas. This text that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints is a compelling composite. It's a powerful portrait, a very dynamic description and a bold biography of what it means to be a contender. And while I've read this verse many times, I've memorized it, I never quite saw this movement in the text, the biography of a contender, and I asked the text the question, if this is in fact a composite, a biography, a description, a portrait, what constitutes a contender? What, what makes up this picture? What is the biography of a contender? This text, first of all, suggests the fellowship of the contender. This passage is permeated with a horizontal focus. The writer is deeply and intimately involved in the fellowship of the believers. That's what contenders do. 
Contenders don't function on the margins or the boundaries or the periphery of the faith family. They are intimately involved. Where is it, Pastor? Look at how he begins the verse. He says, beloved. Beloved. I mean, this is a term of endearment. In the original, it means esteemed, dear, favorite, worthy of love. This is how this contender thought of the church. Beloved, he says, it is obvious in the text that the writer has a very high view, a very high opinion of the body of Christ. Uh, This is a challenge for contenders. We have to get to the place where we can deal with what Richard James Newhouse says in his book, The Not Yetness of the Church. See, the church is not always pretty. What we see most of the time, it's not. But neither is it petty. The Lord said, upon upon this rock I will build my church. Gates of hell shall not prevail against it. This, This writer is moved by his love and his endearment for the church to write what he writes. He understands that he's connected and he's interrelated to a body of Christ. And the good of the many transcend the good of the one. In spite of our shortcomings, contenders love the church. It's the fellowship of the contender in view. You see the plurality of concern. Beloved, he says, and contenders aren't the type of individuals who get upset when things don't go their way and leave. Beloved, beloved, there is a reference to the body of Christ. Terms of endearment here, the fellowship of the contenders. But look at the next part, the focus of the contender. He says, I write unto you of the what? Common. Says we have something in common. We may, not, we may not have grown up in the same neighborhood. We may not look alike. We may not talk alike. We may not have the same taste. We may not run with the same crowd. But that's not important. We have something more important in common. He says we have a common salvation. And the word salvation translates deliverance. Thank God for deliverance today. The greatest battlefield at all was a hill called Calvary. And on Calvary, on Calvary, my deliverance was affected. And your deliverance was affected. It was so complete. What have you been delivered from, preacher? I've been delivered and one day will be from the pleasure of sin. I've been delivered from the power of sin. I've been delivered from the penalty of sin. And some glad morning, some glad morning. When his life is over, I'll be delivered from, I wish I had somebody up in here. I'll be delivered from the very presence of sin because it does not yet appear what I shall be. If you're a contender, it's not only the fellowship, it's the focus that moves you. I'm concerned about the things of God. Colossians chapter 3 verse 1. Set your affections on heavenly things, not on things of this earth. All of this world will pass away. But only his word. Only what you do for Christ. It's the common salvation. 
That is the focus of the contender. Contenders measure their movements. The fellowship of the contender, the focus of the contender, the faith of the contender is the next thing in the text. Contend for the faith. It says contend for, and notice it says the faith because in the original, it is a direct article. So it's not talking about faith as a dynamic or as an operation. It's talking about faith as a deposit and as an object. Not, not faith, not the faith that we exercised uh, when we got up this morning and drank water from the sink and didn't know if the water was really purified. We assumed it is, but it could have not been. It's the deposit of faith. It's the faith that we've received from our noble predecessors in the faith. He says, I write unto you about the common faith, and I want you to earnestly contend for the faith, the deposit of faith. I want you to know this morning, no branch of the church, no denomination has a monopoly on the deposit of faith. We all have been blessed with a deposit. When we came into the Christian life, we did not start using an account that was in arrears. There was already a substantial deposit in the account. And I do this in a financial sense, but this morning, I checked my spiritual deposits. I just checked some of the deposits of the faith. I checked the deposit called the one true God. You know, that's what I'm contending for. His name is not Allah either. His name is not the force. I, I checked the deposit called the one true God, and guess what? I found he's one in essence, but three in person. That he's Father, he's Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. I checked my deposit, and they have kind of a swing shift operation. Do I have a witness here? And right now, the Father and Son is in the background, but the Check my deposit, and I found out some glad morning the Holy Ghost is going to go to the background, and the Son's going to step out to the foreground, and at the voice of the archangel and the trump of God. I'm talking about my deposit. You may not have a dime in the bank, but you still got money. Let me help you check your deposit. I checked the deposit called the hypostatic union, which is perfect God and perfect man. Jesus is all, he's all God that God could ever be, and he's all man that man could ever be. I checked the deposit called the impeccability of Christ, and guess what I found? He was at all points tempted like us, yet without sin. And therefore, come boldly to the throne of grace. You can find mercy and help in time of need. I'm talking about the deposit of faith. We have a great legacy. The deposit called grace. That says, by grace are you saved through faith. That not of yourselves is the gift of God. Not of works less any man should boast. I checked the deposit called a second coming and my deposit clearly shows 
that he coming back again. And that when he come back, every knee shall bow. And every tongue shall confess. I was out walking in my subdivision recently. I saw this sign for a mobile storage company. And it said, storage that truly delivers. Now here's the application. When you store his word in your heart, you're talking about some storage that will truly deliver. Your American Express will only take you so far. Your good credit, I don't care what your score is, will only take you so far. Your friends and family can only take you so far. But when you put his word, when you hide his word in your heart, there's some storage. I'm telling you, I got some stuff in storage that truly delivers. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I've got some stuff in storage that truly delivers. They that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. I've got some stuff in storage. It's in storage. It's in storage. No bank can repossess it. No credit company can get it. You can't do nothing with it. It's in my storage. He may not come when you want him, but he's always on time. I got it in storage. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. I got it in storage. I got some storage that delivers. Problem is, a lot of folk thought they had something in storage. But when the chips were down, it wouldn't deliver for them. It wouldn't deliver for them. They put too much stock in that car, too much stock in that job. Thought you were secure till you got that peak slip like everybody else did. But if you have it in storage, you can lift up your eyes to the hill from which come of your help because all your help. I'm talking about a contender. Contenders have it in storage. They don't fall away when they go to the hospital. They got it in storage. They don't fall apart when sickness comes. They got it in storage. Fellowship of the contender, the focus of the contender, the faith, the faith, the deposit. And then, lest I keep you too long, the finish. It's in the text, I tell you. The finish of the contender. Not just the fellowship, and not just the focus, and not just the faith, but we have the finish. The faith delivered to the saints has an opposite inference as well because the same faith that is delivered to the saints is a faith that will deliver the saints. Listen to how Jude closes this epistle. Unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before his presence with exceeding great joy to the only wise God and my Savior 
be glory and majesty and dominion and power both right now and tomorrow and next week and next month and next year and forevermore he's able do I have a witness he's able to keep that I've given it over to the Lord and he'll work it out he's able to keep that I've given unto him Paul knew something about the finish he said I know whom I believed and I know he's able he's able to keep that which I've committed unto his hands against that day the first Saturday of this month I watched with nominal interest the running of the 135th uh, Kentucky Derby I didn't have a whole lot of interest in it except perhaps tradition because I lived in Kentucky for a long time and the first Saturday of the month of May I always watched the Derby uh, so I tuned in on the television and I got real interested when that horse that was running last passed 18 horses in three-fourths of a mile uh, to have a witness and then went on to win the race and when he got to the finish line he was still opening the gap between him and all the other horses in the race got real interested when I heard that horse was bought for $9,500 and that horse had just been brought uh, from Mexico to Churchill Downs I teased one of my pastor friends in Kentucky a few days later I said you know what uh, if we were betting men we could have retired from pastoring if we put a few thousand dollars on that horse that was 50 to 1 I went on to tease him I said we should have known that horse was going to win when we heard that horse came from Mexico at the time that the swine flu was breaking out and there was a pandemic in Mexico I said that horse wasn't running for the roses he was running from the swine flu it made me think about an article I read in 1999 right before the 125th Kentucky Derby and the title on the article got my attention. It said separating contenders from pretenders and somebody come up with a way of rating horses based on breeding, based on training, based on speed, based on stamina, based on the jockey's racket, based on post position. But I looked at the part of the article that said you got to watch those horses that run off the pace. They might be last, might be last, but they are closers uh, to a heaven witness. And I'm telling you, as I get ready to take my seat, uh, if I was a betting man and I was going to bet uh, on the church, uh, I want to tell you, somebody's looking at the church and saying, ain't got much speed, post 
disposition is bad. Breeding is bad. The jockeys, uh, they're all messed up. But I want you to know the church is running uh, off pace uh, uh, to have a witness. And one of these days, we're going to close in. You know why we're going to close in? Because the head of the church is the greatest closer the world has ever known. Anybody here? I'm almost through. He's running off pace. He ran so far off the pace that he came down through 42 generations. But on Calvary, on Calvary, he closed it out. He closed it out. He died. He died. Yes, he did. On Calvary, he closed it out. And early Sunday morning, he got up. Did he get up? He still runs all pace. May not come when you want him, but he's always, always, always. I'm a contender. Do I have a witness? I'm a contender. Because can't nobody, can't nobody, can't nobody do me like the Lord. You have been listening to Advancing Word with Dr. T.D. Stubblefield. We pray that you have been encouraged with what your ears have heard and your hearts have felt. Explore our website at tdstubblefield.org for more information about us and to obtain resources provided by T.D. Stubblefield Ministries. Until next time, be blessed and remember to stop stressing and start stepping, advancing in faith, hope, and love by reading and applying the Word of God so you can stand on certain truth for uncertain times.